Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Wednesday on which we appear to not have had any meltdowns for at least 24 hours. So that's just lovely. What we have had is more rumours, more scuttlebutt, a lot of people getting themselves excited about the potential of assigning Nicola Barella. If I had to bet... I would bet Nicolo Barella and his agent are fishing for a new contract at Inter Milan. That would be my guess because we know that he's been linked to us in the past. But Newcastle, really? Newcastle seemed like a really weird link, a a weird jump-off point for Barella if he was potentially coming to England. Now, there's no doubting he's an outstanding footballer. And if you could add him, it would be it would be great. But there's no real point in bringing him in if you're bringing in Kefren Turam because you'd have Alexis, you'd have Turam, you'd have Curtis, you'd have Thiago. Now, Thiago might leave. But I just don't imagine we're going to spend big money on Kevin Turam or Barella and have either of them be a backup. And the idea that Kevin Turam should play as a six really hurts my head. It can only come from people that haven't really watched him play. Because if you watch him play, 
he's a box-to-box midfielder. He's never really played as a six. And I've got a piece up on Anfield Index, and I'll get to it later today, about him. But the idea of him as a six, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't play to his strengths. You wouldn't get the best version of him at all. You'd be taking away the things that really do make him special. So hopefully that's not something anybody's looking at, which means he's going to play as an eight alongside Alexis. So there's not really a spot for Barella. And the type of money it would take to get Barella would get you a really good holding midfielder. I mean, it wouldn't, in all likelihood, wouldn't be far short of what it would take to get Moises Caicedo. If they're saying it's 80 million euro, which is apparently the price that Inter have set, which I don't generally believe that teams do such things. I don't think you pay that kind of money for him when you could get Moises Caicedo for maybe 10 million more plus some add-ons and Brighton being Brighton and having no need for the money. Brighton aren't broke. Brighton don't need to service any debt. You could get more favorable payment terms with Brighton where you're paying less up front. With Inter, they would want the majority of that fee up front because their financial situation is quite perilous. So I don't believe we're in for him. I don't think we should be trying to be in for him if we're going for Turam. I think when you have Alexis to play Alexis and Barella, they'd be very good together, but you'd be very small. And you wouldn't be hugely dynamic. And defensively, I would have some concerns. Especially when it comes to things like transition defense. Now, moving on. This is Anfield. have a couple of interesting pieces up today. Uh, The first one is eight homegrown players Liverpool could target to combat ongoing squad issue. Now, we don't actually have any homegrown issues. That is a false narrative that was planted before the summer began. And if you look at the players who are being linked to it, it's very clear the club are not acting like a team with homegrown issues. The players we're looking to sign and the player we've already signed, non-homegrown. So clearly the club feel comfortable with their homegrown situation as it stands right now. With... Queeving Callagher, who, if he leaves, I imagine will be replaced by a homegrown goalkeeper. Patterson from uh, Sunderland is one who's been linked. The kid from West Brom, whose name escapes me, uh, Griffiths, he's someone we've looked at. They're a little bit short for Liverpool goalkeepers, but they are homegrown. They are both very good. So wouldn't be surprised if we went for them or even Joseph Bursick who Scott Parker brought to Club Bruges from Stoke, hasn't really worked out from there because they had Mignolet. I would imagine he might be someone we look at as well. He's a very talented keeper. Joe Gomez, Jordan Henderson, Curtis Jones, they're all homegrown. Sepp Vandenberg counts as homegrown in the upcoming season. Reese Williams could be kept around. He would count as homegrown in the upcoming season. 
And considering Harvey Elliott and Stefan Besetic are going to be squad players, they're going to be backups, they're going to play, what's the point in signing additional homegrown players if we've already got those two taking up part of the the minutes allocation? Doesn't really make a lot of sense. But there's some good players on this list. Uh, so the first one up is Mark Guahi, who's a very good centre-back. Now, he's not big enough for a traditional Klopp centre-back, and I'm not sure he's quick enough to play where Ibu plays. He'd also cost a lot of money and wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense. 50 million-ish on a lad that's not going to be first choice isn't smart business. Next up is Eberi Chiesa, lovely player. Excellent on the ball. But where would he play? If we're bringing in Alexis and we're bringing in Kefren, there isn't really a spot for him. Ideally, he'd fit best with Kefren, him and Kefren as the two eights, but we've already signed Alexis, so I don't believe there's anything in any reports about him. Harvey Barnes, I, I would take without question, could could well be cheap given Leicester have gone down and are in pretty poor financial situation. He can operate either wing. He can also play as an eight. Now, the article says Liverpool are well-stocked in the left-wing position, but if you think about it, they're not really. Yes, Jota can play there. Yes, Darwin can play there. Yes, Cody can play there. But none of them are particularly good there. They're all better through the middle. So... We could do with someone that can play both wings. Uh, Jacob Ramsey is outstanding. But again, if we're bringing in Kefren Turam, what, what is the point really? Uh, Moussa Dembele, formerly of Leon, Celtic and Fulham, came through Fulham's academy. We have a bunch of number nines. There's no real point. Good player, though. Uh, Connor Gallagher simply isn't good enough. Levi Colwell would be a great signing. Like a genuinely great signing. I think he's the best player we could sign to play the left-sided role in our back three because he's very comfortable at left-back as well. I think his ceiling is sky-high, enormous potential. So I'd be hugely in favour of getting him, but I don't think Chelsea will budge. Uh, Ron Robert Zeeler, I, I think I sort of started that one. Um, he'd make sense because he's homegrown. And he would have made more sense if we just let Adrian go because you could have brought him in as the third-choice keeper. And he'd be fine to play in the domestic cups or whatever. He's a solid, reliable keeper. He's got good experience. He's been around, knows what it is to be both a starter and a backup. By, By all accounts, not an egotistical guy. He would have made sense, but... With Adrian staying, it it seems unlikely that we'd sign another older goalkeeper. Um, Quick guide to the under-21 Euros and nine players Liverpool will be watching. So, who have we got? Two English lads from Liverpool, Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, are both involved. And obviously there's mention there of Levi Colwell as well. Uh, Vitislav Yaros, one of our young goalkeepers, he is in the Czech Republic squad. Gabriel Viega, 
of Celta Vigo. Celta Vigo, rather. He's in the Spain squad, and he's obviously been linked to us as well. Uh, Kevin Turam and Manu Manu Kone are both in the French squad, and there's a lot of players in that French squad that are well worth taking a look at. Well worth taking a look at. Um, Mickey van der Veen is in the Dutch squad, as is Ryan Gravenberch. I have to be honest, I have absolutely no interest in seeing a sign Ryan Gravenberch. Absolutely no interest at all. Just, it doesn't make any sense for us to sign Ryan Gravenberch. He doesn't improve us in any way, shape, or form. He would be, at best, the fifth or sixth choice in one of the eight roles. Alexis, Kefren, Thiago, if he stays, Curtis, and Henderson would all be ahead of him. Now, he's a better player than Henderson is at this point, but Henderson is the club captain. He would be picked ahead of him. That is not a signing that would make any sense. He's had two really bad seasons. There's big questions about his attitude. The fact that he's turning and running from a challenge at Bayern at the first sign of not being first choice, a little bit, little bit disappointing. Two managers at Bayern have looked at him and thought, no, he's not for me. So that's a concern. And like I said, he wasn't, he wasn't good at all in his last season at Ajax. Uh, and the last player there is Romeo Lavia of Belgium, who personally I think would be a really good signing. Now, I would prefer Manu Kone, but I do think, I do think Romeo Lavia with his on-ball ability would be a really good get. Defensively, he's got work to do, but he's 19. All 19-year-olds have work to do. Um, yeah, he's he's absolutely somebody I'd be very much in favour of. Um, what else do we have here? Neil Jones is has written a piece for This Is Anfield, uh, inside Julian Ward's time as Liverpool Sporting Director, so check that out. That's an excellent, excellent read. On Liverpool.com, the lead piece is a silly one. Liverpool already has two elite players to help Alexis McAllister and Jurgen Klopp rebuild. And the name's Harvey Elliott and Stefan Besetic. Now, Stefan, I could see an argument that he is an elite prospect. I don't think Harvey is an elite prospect. I think he's a, a good prospect. But they're not elite players. They're miles and miles away from being elite level players. And this article refers to footballbenchmark.com, which, if you haven't heard of it, you're not the only one. Um, And they've done their own Golden Boy Index, where they've rated Harvey Elliott as the 14th best under-23 player, is it? No, sorry, under-20 player um, in the world, which he just isn't. There's players on the list below him who are better. It's also rated Bissette as 21st. You know, small sample size playing a massive role here. There's some really interesting players on this list. Antonio Silva is fourth. Musiala, Bellingham and Gavi are the top three. Antonio Silva is fourth. He is immensely talented. Um, Alejandro Balde is fifth. I mean, he's hugely promising, but... He's hugely error-prone. 
Javi Simmons, very talented player. Florian Verts for me, is the best player on the list. Uh, Benjamin Sesko, divine wrench of uh, Ajax. Giorgio Scalvini, who I think, if we're looking for a right-footed centre-back to come in and be cover for Ibu and cover for Virgil, I think he ticks pretty much pretty much every box, to be honest. Uh, Arthur Vermeuren is 12th, and I'm, I'm sorry, he's talented, but absolutely not. Uh, Ryan Cherky is 13th. Rasmus Hoisland, who could potentially move for about 70 million this summer, is 16th. Levi Colwell is way down in 23rd, should be much higher. Um, Bjorn Meyer, the Dutch defender at Club Bruges, is 29th. He's another interesting one. Robert Renan, the Brazilian centre-back at Zenit St. Petersburg, who would also be a perfect fit for us in that left-sided role, is 34th. He should be much higher. Moritz Kjergaard is 38. Ridiculous. Should be much higher. Evan Ferguson is 44th. The disrespect is personal. Julio Enciso is 48th. Romeo Lavia is 67th. El Yawahi is, is 66th after the season he just put together. Wilfred Nonto is 70th. Arda Guler, who's already one of the best players in Turkey at 17, is 78th. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how they calculate this, but this is a, a mess of a list. Luca Nets, who's an every-game starter in the Bundesliga and already one of the best left-backs in the Bundesliga, is 99th. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Anyway, um, there's a piece on Barella. There's a piece on... Oh, a, a dream. A dream Jurgen Klopp squad for next season. So these are always dreadful. So let's have a look. Uh, goalkeepers, Becker, Kelleher, Adrian. Okay. Defenders, Trent, Turam. Van Dijk, Kanate, Matip, Gomez, Robertson, Simicus. So no left-sided centre-back. So not addressing one of the biggest needs in the team. Uh, midfielders, Alexis, Turam, Gabriel Viega, Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson, Elliot, who's not a midfielder, Jones and Bessetic. Uh No defensive midfielder brought in. So another one of the biggest issues not addressed. And then in attack, Salah, Diaz, Nunes, uh, Jota and Gakpo. With that roster, roster, by the way, red flag, Liverpool would have depth and quality in all areas and would be well stocked for the new season, except they wouldn't have the left-footed centre-back they need for this new system to work or the defensive midfielder that they need. If this is your dream, I I would suggest getting a little bit more ambitious in all areas, because that's a shocker. Uh, what other nonsense do they have? Uh, Liverpool abandons plans for double transfer. So this is based on an article that came out yesterday, and it's a kind of a misinterpretation of what the article said. The article 
talked about Liverpool having interest in buying another player from Nice, Jean-Claire Tadebo, and that we had decided to move off him and just buy Turam. I don't think that's really the case. I think it's more a case of when we thought we might get Jude, Tadebo was someone we looked at. Nice are not very easy to deal with. So we've pivoted to just gone to Turam and if we we're signing a right for a centre back, it'll probably be somebody else. But Tadebo Tadebo would be good. He would be a good signing. He still has areas of his game that he needs to work on, but he has developed massively in the last two years. One of the problems he had was that he never really got to settle anywhere. Came through at Toulouse, had one year. So he was at an academy called Les Lillis until he was 17. Joined Toulouse. Spent two years in their academy. Then got put into the first team. Played 10 games. Then he joined Barcelona. Because his contract ran out. Barcelona loaned him to Schalke, Benfica, and then Nice. The Schalke and Benfica loans did not go particularly well. The Nice one did, and Nice made the deal permanent. And now he's had a starting role for the last two seasons, and he really has kicked on and developed very, very well. I wouldn't be against signing him if the price was right, but the price would need to be would need to be right. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com then. Why Liverpool should challenge Arsenal for Dutch defender? Uh, this is about Julian Timber. And again, I don't believe we should challenge Arsenal for him. He's a very good player. He is a very, very good player. Unless we're moving Trent into midfield permanently, he doesn't make a huge amount of sense for us. Ajax want 50 million. Ajax will hold out for something very close to that. That's too much money for us to spend on someone who doesn't start for us and doesn't fill a whole lot of positions for us. If we were playing a back four, he'd be fine as a right back. But if Trent stays at right back, he's the backup. If we play a back three, the only role he can play is the right-sided role, but Ibu plays there, so he'd be a backup. He's too short to play for us as a centre-back in a four. He's 5'10". He's not going to play Virgil's role in a three, because again, he's 5'10". He's not going to play the left side. There's a a myth that he can play defensive midfielder. It's not something he's ever really done, not at senior level. And then the article itself, which is a decent article from Ben, says he could play the Trent hybrid role. Could he? There's no basis for it. He hasn't done it before. Yes, he's good on the ball. He's good on the ball at carrying it from defence into midfield. His passing is fairly rudimentary and fairly limited. His best attribute is his ball carrying, but if you start him in midfield and you're asking him to receive the ball with men coming behind him, that's not playing to his strengths. His strength is taking the ball on the half turn from the goalkeeper with space to move into and then beating the first defensive player and moving forward from there. 
timber doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us. When you really think about it, unless we're moving to a a back four where Trent starts in midfield, there isn't really a purpose in signing Durian Timber for us at that price. Now, if he was 30 million, well, that's a different story. But at, at 45 or 50, I mean, you could get someone who fits a little bit better and another player for that money. You could potentially buy, let's say, Jean-Claire Tadebo and Arda Guler for that money. And that would improve us more. And Tadebo can play more positions for us. Because Tadebo can play as a six, has played as a six. So if you need them to, he could step in and play that defensive midfield role. And he can play Ibu's role, and he can play Virgil's role, and he can play centre-back in a four. Uh, There's a piece about the balancing act required for Liverpool's midfield and defence. Liverpool willing to pay thirty million for coveted defensive midfielder. This was written, I think, by Ben as well. This is a good piece. This is about um, Sofian Amrabat, who, let's be honest, wouldn't be top of anyone's list if you were thinking of you know dream signings to bring in. But he is a very very good defensive midfielder, and at thirty million, you wouldn't really have any risk attached. Like, you couldn't really lose out with that deal. He's 26, he'll be 27 in August, so he's stepping into his prime. 25 million, I think it's 30 million at Euro. Let me make sure of this. 30 million pounds, 30 million Euro, I'm not sure which. Either way, like, you are talking about a player who immediately improves us. He is a better player than the current version of Fabinho, the version we've seen for 15 months now. He's a significantly better player. He's more dynamic. He's a better ball winner. He's good on the ball. He's got great passing range. And he's the type of guy that will run through a wall. He's big and he's strong and he's powerful. He's also got the Dutch connection, being Dutch born and raised, having come through Dutch academies. So he'd fit in with Verge and a few others. I, do you know, I wouldn't be against it. Is it is it the perfect signing? No. Ideally, ideally, I'd sell Fabinho by him and Lavia and have Lavia develop behind him for two years and then move him on. Because you'd get your money back. If he does well for 18 months and then Lavia sort of gradually replaces him, you'd find a, a West Ham or someone that would give you your money back easily, maybe more. So I wouldn't be against Amrabat at all. Uh, we have two other pieces up. I have a piece up on Kefren Turam. Uh, just goes into how we got to Kefren Turam. You know, the, the Jude fiasco. And how I think we should use Kefren, what his strengths are, why I don't think he should play as a six, why I do think the right side of the midfield is ideal for him. And then there's a masterpiece. Downey has written a masterpiece. This is brilliant. 
I read this before I recorded, so I was actually late recording this because I was reading this piece. Heroes and villains, my LFC greats and ghouls or gals. I assume it's it's ghouls, but where we're from, he definitely means gals. Um, this is it is brilliant. Give this a read. It's a it's a long one. Mine is a long one as well. They're both well over two thousand words. Give this a read when you have a chance. It is great. Um, podcast wise, is a new money talks, new scouts of Tommy's, a new minefield with Phil Barta joining Alan Andrew. There's a new scout being recorded today, which will be out later on. Uh, but yeah, seriously, give that downy piece a read. It's brilliant. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.